Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I want to talk to you tonight about attitudes in the local church. Whoops. <laughs> attitudes in the local church. Of course, when I entitled this message, Attitudes in the Local Church, I understand that there's a lot of different directions that uh, you can go with that. Uh, of course, you could talk about, you know, an attitude of faith, right? Spirit of faith. Uh, we could talk about, you know, your attitude determines your altitude and your faith walk, right? So there's a lot of different directions that we could go uh, with a title like that. But I entitled this Attitudes in the Local Church because I want to talk to you about criticism in the church. Criticism in the church. I didn't think I was going there, did you? Well, maybe you did. But we understand that criticism can be both positive and negative, right? There can be positive criticism. There can be negative criticism. Of course, there's what? Constructive criticism and destructive criticism. Everybody enjoy constructive criticism. Why? Because it encourages, it edifies, it strengthens you when you uh, get constructive criticism. Can y'all say amen? amen. Y'all know there, there in the uh, book of um, Ephesians, it says that let no corrupt communication proceed out of your what? Mouth. But that which is edifying, that it will minister what? Grace to the hearer, right? So that is where we as believers, that is where we as the church should be headed. Amen? Edifying grace to the hearer. Everybody say grace. grace. We love grace. Everybody love grace. We know that God is a grace for God. He's gracious, isn't he? He absolutely is. And you know what? You are gracious. At least Minister Linda agrees with me. <laughs> Come on. You are gracious. You know, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. Everything that God is, you have it on the inside of you. Therefore, you can exhibit it outwardly. Come on. You are great. <laughs> I thought that was at least was going to be some good news. Because I, I, I might give you bad news from this forward, from this point forward. <laughs> no, I'm not going to give you a whole lot of bad news. But we do want the truth. How many know that you will know the truth and the truth will do what? How many want to be free? Everybody wants to be free. Look, I've been incarcerated and I've been free. And I don't have any doubt, any question whatsoever, which is best. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I'm already smiling up here about some of the things that uh, is going through my, my head right now about what I'm going to say. <laughs> so y'all go ahead and get a smile on your face, and just keep that smile on your face. Even when something uh, that you may not like uh, is said, that smile will still be there. <laughs> so we're talking about criticism in the local church. Well, I know that when I come to church, 
I want to be edified. I want to be encouraged. I want to be built up. I want to be strengthened. That's one of the reasons we come to church. Amen? And that's what we get when we come to church. We get encouraged. We get edified. We get strengthened in the things of the Lord. We know that you ain't going to get it out there in the world. Are you going to get edified in the world? Look, if you get edified in the world by a worldly person, uh, there's usually ulterior motives behind it. Right? So we're not going to get it in the world. You certainly are not going to get it by watching the, uh, the, the news. You're not going to get edified by watching the news. Y'all remember when, um, when uh, the news only came on twice uh, a day? Probably, I think it was about 6 p.m. in the evening and 10 or something like that at night, right? Uh, now, I'm, I'm going to date some of y'all, but y'all also remember when television would sign off? <laughs> some, of the, some of our televisions need to sign off. Some of our iPads need to sign off. Some of our, come on, devices need to sign off. <laughs> but yeah, but, but, it, but uh, it was 6 or 10 or something like that, right? But now the news is on 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. And 99.9% of it is not edifying. Yeah, they might throw a, a, you know, a humanitarian story in it here or there. Or, or they might throw a, uh, an, an animal story in it to make you feel better, right? You know, a dog uh, helping someone out or something like that. And really, to be honest with you, even where those, those uh, when they throw those, throw those little uh, pet, uh, you know, parts in the news, that can be discouraging. <laughs> Y'all looking at me like, don't go there with my dog now. <laughs> don't start talking about my dog. But listen, that can be discouraging sometimes because uh, you know, uh, a neighbor's house uh, uh, catch on fire, right? And, and, and the, the, the neighbor will rush in there. Uh, uh, you know, they will save the dog first and then go back in at the neighbor. And you talk about love your neighbor. Come on, uh, people, people, that there's, there's a little bit too much. <laughs> now, I don't have anything against animals, all right? I just don't have anything for them. <laughs> No, no, I love Josie. <laughs> I love Josie. But listen, listen, my point here is that you do not get edified by watching the news, right? And sometimes I think that, I think that, that believers use that, use that, um, that uh, scripture there where Jesus said, uh, watch and pray, right, so that they can watch more television. <laughs> oh, Lord is right. Now, he's the one. So, 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 so listen, my point here is that when you come to church, that is where you get edified. That is where you get strengthened. That is where you are encouraged in the things of God. Uh, what what uh, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 10.25, do not forsake assembly one with another as a man of some is, but exhorting one another, what? Exhorting one another, encouraging one another, encouraging one another, 
right? And so much more as you see the day approaching. Well, the day, the day approaching is not slowing down. Huh? No, it's not. Jesus, Jesus says that in the last days, things are even going to be expedited. Isn't that something? So that day approaching is coming. And, and we are to be uh, encouraging, edifying, strengthening one another. Everybody say one another. One another. So, so, so I was just thinking how uh, that whole term, uh, criticism, I was thinking about, you know, how it, it can lead to other things, right? And, and so, you know, uh, criticism, really, it, it can lead to uh, potentially strife, right? Which can lead to Potentially, division, right? Come on now, y'all know, y'all know that, that, that uh, there is a divisive spirit even in this nation. If you haven't noticed, start paying attention. There's a divisive spirit in this nation on a racial level, on a governmental level. There's a divisive spirit in the political arena. There's a divisive spirit on the local, the national news. Come on, y'all. Y'all watch the news <laughs> too much. But, 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 but listen, that divisive spirit started somewhere. Of course, we know the spirit that's behind it. We know the devil is behind it, right? And, 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 and uh, look, it has even attempted to infiltrate in the church. Everybody say, watch and pray. It has even attempted to infiltrate the church. But we say by the authority in the name of Jesus, that spirit will not prevail in the church. We say the gates of hell will not prevail in the church. Come on, you have to understand and you have to know when the enemy is endeavoring to bring about that type of stuff. Now, you may not have been personally affected by it, but if you look on any level of the church world, you will know that the enemy is endeavoring to make separation, division. Jesus, Jesus said this in, in the book of Matthew 12, right? He, he said that, that a, a kingdom divided against itself will come to desolation. And then he went on to say, but a house or city divided against itself will not stand will not stand. So we know, we know that, that division can come on uh, in any relationship. It can come in, in marriage and family. Division, division can come. Come on, y'all. We're not going to act like we're new to this stuff. It can come in business, organizations, and it can come in the church. So, so we are to be mindful and we are to be Alert, sober-minded, watching. Because it can be subtle sometimes. And, and, and God is all about unity. I said God is all about unity. Right? What does uh, Psalm 133 say? How good and how pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together how? 
in unity. That's a God thing. I said, that's a God thing. Unity is. Division is straight from the pit of hell. And you've heard, you've heard this saying that uh, it's about divide and conquer. Right? Whether it's in your household, whether it's in, uh, you know, your going and coming, whether it's in a business, whether it's on your job. We will not tolerate it in the church. Say that. We will not tolerate it in the church. But the reason I'm talking about division is because um, criticism can easily easily spark potential division. So, so I want you to turn to uh, the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 12. Numbers 12. And um, I, was going to, uh, I was going to begin to read this at verse 5. But I... I I want to uh, I want to uh, you to see how the tone of this was set, right? So I'm going to start at uh, verse one, uh, reading from the New Living Translation, Numbers chapter twelve, verse one. It says, "While they were at Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They said, Has the Lord spoke only through Moses? Hasn't He spoken through us too?" But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. Man, that's saying a lot, isn't it? <laughs> the whole earth. And he's the most humble person on earth. Everybody said, that's my goal. Verse 4 says, so immediately the Lord called to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam and said, go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. Man, that sounds serious, huh? God said, go out there. You know, it's like when, when, you, when you, uh, your, your children are in trouble, right? And you say, come in here right now. Right? They know something's up, right? He says, go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. So the, so the three of them went to the tabernacle. And verse 5 says, then the Lord descended in the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, this is the Lord cries out to them, Aaron and Miriam, he called, and they stepped forward. Boy, I tell you what, <laughs> this is probably one of the times that they probably should just stood still. But if they had, if they had, stood, <laughs> if they had stood still, uh, you know, the earth probably would have opened up right there. This is God telling them to step forward, all right? If God tells you to step forward, you better get moving. Whatever the situation is, right? So he, say, he says, so they step forward, Aaron and Miriam, right? And the Lord said to them, now listen to what I say. God sounds really serious here, doesn't he? Now listen to what I say. If there were a prophet among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions, I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. I speak to him face to face clearly and not in riddles. 
He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? The Lord was very angry with them, and he departed. As the cloud moved from above the tabernacle, there stood Miriam, her skin as white as snow from leprosy. When Aaron saw what had happened, he cried out to Moses. Listen, just a side note. We have to be careful about criticism. Because the ones that we criticize may be the very one that you are going to need later. It was not a very long time uh, between the time that Moses was criticized uh, by uh, Miriam and, and her brother that he's crying out to Moses now, the very one. And so we thank God for his mercy. Everybody say, the mercies of God are new every morning. I thank you, Father, <laughs> for your mercy. Therefore, I will bless the Lord at all times. So here it says, when Aaron saw what had happened to her, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my master, please don't punish us for this sin we have so foolishly committed. Can you see, can you just... Um, uh, further up in that uh, passage that we just read, when God was uh, speaking uh, about his servant Moses, can you just visualize, you know, the heart of God toward Moses? I mean, when you read that, you can see that it's so endearing, and God is so passionate about his servant Moses. God has an intimate relationship there. He, Moses is valuable to God. And let me tell you something. You are valuable to God. You are the precious fruit of the earth. You are God's workmanship. You are, listen, you are God's own masterpiece, some translations say there of Ephesians 2.10. You are his masterpiece. You are God's own beloved. You are a covenant child of God. Listen, you are that. But not only are you that, your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ is that also. So we do not want to put our mouths on our brother. We don't want to put our mouths on our sister. We want to edify them. We want to encourage them. We want to strengthen them in the things of God. And when we're strengthening them in the things of God, they're built up. But not only are they built up, but you're built up because it's coming out of your mouth and you're getting strengthened as a result. So when you do not allow corrupt communication to come out of your mouth, but words that would edify... Don't you understand that that is impacting your heart? Amen. So that's why we have to be careful about this. I said we got to be careful about this. It's a ploy and a tool of the enemy. In fact, now, now 
in, in this passage here with Moses, right, you say, well, well, Moses, Moses did not, he was not even around when they were talking about him like that. He didn't hear what they, they said. No, Moses did not. He didn't hear a word that they said. But God was there, and he heard it. Listen, you are a child of God. Jesus abides on the inside of you. Everywhere you go, you take him with you. So that means everything that you say, I said everything that you say. I was um, a number of years ago, uh, someone came to the church to me and they were just sharing with me, right? They were sharing with me about this relationship that they had, this number of years ago now, about this relationship that they had with um, a couple of other people in the church. And they uh, just happened to be passing by. And as they were passing by, they heard uh, the uh, other two people that they had this relationship criticizing them. Now, the people that was doing this, they did not know that that person heard what was said. But the person that it was said about, uh, they was just expressing to me how hurtful it was and the pain as a result of what they heard. And so, um, we said that constructive criticism, it edifies, it builds, it encourages, it strengthens. But there's wrongful criticism. There's destructive criticism. And it tears down. It can be painful. It can be dangerous. And so this person that was sharing this with me, they had to work through the potential offense that they could have taken on as a result of this. And so... And, you know, obviously, they forgave them, right, without having to go to them. They forgave them because the relationship ultimately continued. But my point here is this. We never know the damage that we're doing when we are allowing critical damaging, destructive words come out of our mouths about our brothers and sisters in the local church. And we are the one who have guard over our mouths. We are the one who determine what is said and what is not said. When I was, when I was uh, uh, preparing this message, I, I was thinking, well, God, you know, why do I have to preach this? Uh, because every believer has the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. Every believer is not going to be allowed by the Holy Spirit to just 
criticize or trash another brother or sister in the body of Christ without the Holy Spirit informing them of that. And this is what I got. And that is, every believer is not necessarily paying close enough to me, Holy Spirit, to get the information. Because there's so much other information that is coming in that they miss me sometimes. And so that's why it has to be preached from the pulpit sometimes. Just to remind your brother, your sister in the body of Christ, they have the same spirit on the inside of them they have the same Jesus on the inside of them. They have the same love from God toward them as you do. And because they do, God treasures them as much as he treasures you. Amen. And so we have to be mindful of these things. The Bible tells us that we are to be sober-minded. sober Peter says, for the devourer goes about seeking, seeking, seeking those that he may devour. And so words, words, Proverbs 18 says there's life and death. Life and death. Come on, saints. We are a group of people who are full of life, so we speak life. I say, we speak life. Can y'all say amen? And so God, I believe, is just giving an alert to the church because he is a God of unity, and God is working this whole unity thing out so that there's a greater bonding, and as a result, of the bonding of the body of Christ, of the local church, as a result, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard. And that standard, the, hey, that standard is not just for one. That standard is for the body. That standard is for each and every believer. That standard is for each and every member. That standard is for us as a body. And he cannot, I said the enemy cannot prevail. Can y'all say Amen. So, turn, if you would, in your Bibles to um, Romans 14. Uh, as, as you're turning there, let me give you a definition, a uh, definition for uh, the word uh, criticize. I know everybody feel that you know what it means, but this is just to... Uh, uh, give you what uh, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary says. According to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, criticize uh, is defined as to find fault with, point out the fault. It also means to consider the merit and demerit of and judge accordingly. So, so, with that definition, 
what, it, what is that actually saying? That definition is saying that when we choose to criticize, when we choose to judge someone wrongfully, right, then what we're doing, we are essentially taking on the role of a judge. We're taking on the role of a judge. And we, 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 could, we could say this as well, that we are actually taking on the role of God himself because he is the divine supreme authority. He is divine supreme judge. Amen? So we don't, we don't qualify. <laughs> we don't qualify to take on that role. There in Romans 14, did I tell you to turn there? Okay. So let's look at it, all right? Romans 14 says this, verse 4, New King James. It says, who are you? Everybody say, who are you? Look at your neighbor and say, who are you? Now look at him again and say, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Here it says in Romans 14, 4, who are you to judge another man's servant? <laughs> to his own master, he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. I don't qualify I don't have the authority. I don't have any means whatsoever to criticize you, to judge you. I am not God. It's awful quiet in this Holy Ghost church. So, so in essence, what he is saying is, who am I? Who is Darnell? to condemn another man's servant. I don't qualify for that. I said, I don't qualify to do that. I thought about saying, and neither do you, but I think you're thinking about it, <laughs> right? And, and in fact, actually, when, when we go there and wrongfully uh, criticize someone, we're actually stepping on the turf of the enemy. Because the devil, he comes to uh, accuse the brethren. He comes to condemn. He comes to bring about division. He comes to uh, impart strife. Do I have anyone who agree with me here? We all have the same enemy, <laughs> and we all have the same God, right? So the devil comes to do that. So early on in my Christian life, God dealt with me about this, right? And it was so interesting because I'm, I'm um, a detailed person, and um, I'm therefore could fall in the uh, category of a perfectionist, right? And it's almost a natural thing uh, for a, perfection, a perfectionist to have uh, critical thoughts and judgmental thoughts. Why? Because uh, they see things around them as imper Im imperfect, right? So God dealt with me early on in my Christian life about that, 
And he gave me the verse there in uh, Judges uh, chapter uh, 6 and verse 37. Y'all know what that says? Judges 6, 37. Y'all know what 638 says, right? Give and it shall be given unto you, right? Just above that, it says, judge not and you will not be what? Judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. So God, he, he, he uh, gave me that verse of scripture, right? And so I started to put it in, into practice in my life, right? And when those uh, critical thoughts, when those uh, uh, judgmental thoughts would come to mind, uh, I, would, I would say this, I judge not, therefore I'm not judged. Because what happens is, what happens is, if you entertain, and, and I'm speaking from experience here, right? If you entertain those type of thoughts, uh, you can easily uh, uh, receive them to yourself and you can embrace them. And when you embrace those type thoughts, what happens is when you start to judge someone, when you start to criticize someone, actually you begin to see yourself that way. So I thank God, I thank God for that verse of scripture that he gave me. I also thank God uh, for, for 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, right? 2 Corinthians 5.10 or 10.5, casting down all imaginations, every imagination and every high thing, what? That exalts itself against the knowledge of God, against the knowledge of God. Now, now I'm saying all of this so that we have a tool to work with those type of thoughts. I don't think there's a person in this room who, who would say that you have never had criticizing thoughts toward someone. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But listen, so casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, bringing into captivity, what? every thought until the obedience of Christ Jesus. So we cast down those criticizing and judgmental thoughts, right? We bring them into captivity until the obedience of the word of God. Amen? And so, and so I, I thank God for that because, you know, as I've, and, and listen, I'm not by any means saying that I have arrived in that. Those, those uh, thoughts still come to mind. I haven't perfected this by no means. But my point here is that we have the tools to work with, and I believe that everybody uh, at some point in time have those type of thoughts to uh, go through their minds. So turn to that, uh, that verse of scripture that I just uh, quoted there in Luke chapter 6. Luke 6.37. New King James Version says this. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So the Greek word, therefore, judge, is uh, kreno. And it, it means to decide uh, mentally or judicially. It also means consider as preferring one thing over another 
or determining the correctness of a matter. It means condemn in a legal sense. It also means to try and to punish. That word judge, right? So in essence, what it's, say, what it's saying there is that when we make a decision to uh, criticize and judge wrongfully, we are prematurely condemning that individual. We are judging them. We're putting them on trial, and we're punishing them. And what that does is it began to form thoughts. How many know that you can meet someone for the first time and automatically things start going through? Now I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, you know it. You meet somebody for the very first time, right? And you start to, uh, as they say, size them up. This is, come on, this is just the way our minds work, right? It's a natural, natural thing. So, but what happens with that is that now we are prematurely uh, forming uh, our own <laughs> opinion about this person. And we don't have any facts to substantiate those thoughts. And when we run with that, now what happens is we start to look at them differently than they really are. Oh, uh, say amen, I owe me. Every honest person would agree. You can't tell me that you've never uh, looked at a person and thought of them differently than they are. And if you took the time, uh, and, and the, uh, the other word for judge over there in 1 Corinthians uh, 2.15 is just the opposite of this, right? And if I had, had the time, which I don't, uh, we would see how we are to, we can wrongfully judge, but we can also scripturally judge. Because then uh, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 2.15, it says, um, uh, he who is spiritual judges what? All things. So we can judge, <laughs> right? But we have to do it in the right manner. Can y'all say amen?